Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copybusta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepypodsta, the Creepypasta podcast. Welcome to this episode of the show! Oh man, this one is posting just up towards the end of September. It should be September 28th when you're hearing this, which means it is a mere month and three days until the official Creepypasta, Creepypasta, Creepypasta podcast uh, holiday of Halloween. Uh, We're also closing in on our two-year anniversary. Uh, This is episode 99. The next episode you'll be hearing is episode 100, which uh, has not been recorded yet at the time of this recording, but um, I'll tease it here. It's going to be another Creepypodsta story time. This time, instead of um, just one person reading some spooky story, it will be me and past guests, uh, Judd Matarang and Phil Corso, together trying to read all of Jeff the Killer, um, which is... Inarguably the worst of the popular creepypastas. I'm sure there are worse stories out there, but uh, this one is. I I'm pretty sure it's one of the like six, one of the like six ones that's listed on the um, Wikipedia page for creepypasta, uh, and it is so bad. Uh, so we'll be reading that. Man, one of you two right now is just. Uh, like knocking over Jenga towers or something right next to your microphone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, I I had to acknowledge it, even though I'm almost definitely going to be cutting all of that um, out on your track so that the audience doesn't hear it. Um, but I, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> I, f- I forgot what we were doing for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that... Uh, that apologetic laughing guest you hear first is returning from last week. Please welcome to the show, Dan Costa. Hello. And our other guest, also returning to the show from last week. I feel like after almost 100 episodes, you you guys know how this works, right? I get a pair of people, and then we record two episodes, and they get released two weeks in a row. Uh, maybe not, but that's how it works. I know I've even... That's not true. It's a week later. Yeah. Uh, I've been Yeah, that's... Uh, we've all just been sitting on this Google Hangouts call for a week because we had to wait. Uh, please welcome to the show, Kelly Arl. Hi! And, of course, you know me, I'm Jeff. Uh, I don't, I still can't remember if I say my name in the intro. I don't think I do. Uh, but, of course, you know who I am. Uh, it's, this is a difficult episode because the story we're talking about exists only in audio form. Uh, on a couple different YouTube channels and the No Sleep podcast, and maybe is Chilling Tales for Dark Nights a podcast or is it just a YouTube channel? I don't know. Um, but if it's a podcast, this w- is probably on it because I'm pretty sure it's on that YouTube channel because the guy who runs it is the one who engineered this audio version that we listen to. Um, it is called Danny's Story, and it takes place in four parts. And I can't remember the names of those four parts at the moment, but what I'm going to do is stall for time um, so that I can bring up the YouTube page that shows me the names of all four parts of the story. Um, 
Would you like me to say the name Danny over and over in an erotic manner while you stall for time? Mm, oh, please don't. Uh, that was the, the worst part about listening to the story, but we'll get to it. Uh, okay, so this is by author MJ Pack, um, who uh, I found again, pretty much all every time I find out who an author is of one of the stories we cover, um, that is in any way related to no sleep. It ends up being um, a young woman, um, which is weird because a lot of the no sleep stories have, uh, they're like about dudes or about violence against women in a way that's sort of tasteless. Um, uh, and this story is no exception. Yeah. Um, the, four, the four parts are soft white dam, sure to follow, every leaf is a flower, and the earth, the air, and you. Um, I Pretty, I think those are all um, references to different poems. I know the first one, Soft White Dam, um, according to David Cummings, the host of the No Sleep podcast, uh, that title is a reference to an E.E. E. Cummings poem um, about the snow. Uh, anyway, uh, Dan, please yes. <laughs> somehow, somehow summarize the events of this uh, four-part epic. Okay, so we start with Danny, uh, who is relaxing at home, and um, the snow is falling, and he's got himself a bottle of Jack Daniels, and he's watching the movie, the classic movie, Overboard. But he's got some, uh, <laughs> his intent on watching Overboard is a little sleazy, because he's talking about how how hot um, Goldie Hawn was in that movie, and he's got his pants unbuttoned, so I found that a little creepy. That was the first part, yeah. creepy part of the movie, of the uh, story to me. And- uh, yeah, we also get uh, his first flash of anger towards women here, in uh, how he expresses uh a lot of hatred for this character who he also thinks is extremely hot. Yep. Yeah, and he also mentions the teacher too. The, the there's a scene in that movie where Goldie Hawn tells off a teacher and uh he mentions that 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 teacher got what was coming to her or something like that. And yeah. he st- he starts to hear tapping and um uh noises from outside. And he thinks it, it, he had mentioned how he didn't, he had started shoveling, but then he stopped. Um, so he felt like it was the neighbors, like uh, playing a trick on him for not, uh, I guess, walking this, uh, shoveling the sidewalk. And, um, he starts to hear what he thinks is his father's voice. And he starts hearing, um, um, Danny, oh Danny, Daddy's mad at you, Danny, and um, he ends up seeing um snow pr- handprints outside in the snow. Was that the next day, yeah. or is that the? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I was unclear on this. It, it made it seem like he managed to resist opening the door while this was happening, but then I was pretty sure that he stated that. Before he went to bed, he opened the door and yeah. saw the handprints. Um, he did. He did say something was drawing him. Like um, he found himself at the door. His pants were now buttoned, and he was going. He almost <laughs> opened. He almost opened the door, but he stopped himself. Yeah, yeah. So there was there. It's uh like a snowstorm, and this entity sounds like his dad. 
And he mm-hmm. mentions that how he hadn't thought about his dad in a while, and his yeah. dad would always get mad at him for not shoveling. Not shoveling, yeah. And, and I think he hit him with a with his belt, the the buckle yeah. part of the belt. And so he decides Yeesh. he he can't he can't stay in the snow uh, anymore. And he's got places everywhere. He says he's got places everywhere. His father's money allowed him to do that. And he goes down to New Orleans and um, he he likes New Orleans so again. He says something gross about women and um he he's he again he's at home and he starts to hear the rain and the rain is falling and he starts to hear his eight-year-old self and it this story about his father uh being at a woman's house comes out um and he he was told to stay in the car and he couldn't wait in the car very long and he i think it was like two hours and he had to go to the bathroom and then he he went up to the lady's house and he saw he he went up to the house he saw his father with another woman and his father got very upset with him and that was that was creepy hearing the child's voice and my name is dan so i'm I'm obviously (laughs) the first time i played this i was like it wasn't at night and it wasn't that it really scared me but i'm like I don't want to listen to this right now. So I think I listened to this in the morning on my way to work. And so it was like, oh, Danny, daddy's going to be mad at you, Danny. And so um, he had enough of this place. He had enough of New Orleans. And he said, even though he had something in the basement that he had business still in the basement, he left. He went up north. And, yeah, um, and that that was the point where I was like, "Oh, Danny's a serial killer." Uh, right. <laughs> I got a bad feeling about yeah. Danny, you guys. Yeah, yeah. That that was the point when yeah. listening to the story where I was like, uh, "Why did he mention something in the basement?" Yeah, he definitely. Nothing uh, ever is good in like, the basement. Yeah, I was, <laughs> that's I was right. Like he killed someone, and then like a couple lines later, he says about how he and his dad uh, appreciate privacy. And he uses the present tense, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's his dad that he's keeping mm-hmm. in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it ended up being his dad's body in the basement. Um, but no. yeah, uh, spo- spoiler alert for the next, uh, yeah. for the final part of the story. He is a yep. serial killer. He is. He's straight up. Um, and then he uh, <laughs> goes up north, and he and he says time passes, and it turns into the fall. And then uh, he would wake up, and he would see leaves in the house. And then he woke up one morning, and leaves were in his mouth. And I I think that's kind of cool. Like that's a good. Uh, that's one of my f- favorite parts of the story. I think waking up with leaves in your mouth would be pretty unnerving. <laughs> it would it would freak me out a bit. It, it that was a great. Yeah, image. is it very dry? Is it, it, its throat was very dry, and then you didn't have these leaves. And so he decides that he's going to go to Arizona to it. I think it's Arizona where it was his father's yeah. house. And yeah, uh, yes. before we get there, I just sure, wanted sure. to point out uh, how this third encounter, um, Every Leaf is a Flower, uh, is the only one where um, he doesn't actually encounter a voice or any tapping. It's just like the thing is only there while he's asleep and he wakes up to find the results. Yeah, so he purposely changes his sleep schedule too. Is that the point where he says he's going to uh, be awake at night and sleep during the day? And then, yeah, he he doesn't hear the voices, but he he sees the evidence from the leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The the entity only comes at night, so he changes his sleep schedule to avoid Mm -hmm. it. But then um, when he decides he's going to go to Arizona, he's deciding essentially to confront this entity. Um. 
So he is in, he goes to Arizona to his father's house and um, sits in a chair, his father's chair, and he starts to hear um, female voices. And this was um, alluded to earlier where uh, he had said one of them sound like it was aroused. She was aroused and she was saying his name. And um, he said these were familiar voices, but he wasn't quite sure what they were. And then they start to talk about others. Those were our, those were the others that, that talked to you before and they were angry. And, um, one of them said, why did you leave me in, um, New Orleans? And it starts to come out. Yes. He was a serial killer. And he said, I made sure you couldn't get away. It's impossible. I cut off your feet. So that's why we're seeing the images of the hands, the muddy of the, oh, I forgot to say in the rain and where it rained in New Orleans, he saw handprints. He didn't see any footprints. There were muddy handprints all over, Mm -hmm. uh, only only at the height that a child could get to. Yes. Yeah. And so then they said, now we're done talking and that we're going to come in for you. And so then he said, um, he said, describing these, these decaying corpses, their, you know, their jaws falling off and, and, uh, these women that he had encountered at all these different places. And he was describing the physical characteristics of these women. And he said, at one of them, the, 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 the mousy woman from New Orleans that he settled for. And, um, he said he had taken care of i had taken care of this i take care of this and then um he decides to call 911 <laughs> on these women on these women that he killed <laughs> because they're attacking yeah, him he calls the police yeah. to save him from ghosts <laughs> and, uh. and so um and I, I like this. I like this. I, I it's, it's got a bit of, uh, you know, uh, the, the telltale heart to it. And, um, yeah. and it starts, it's raining now. And one of the, um, the women say to look outside. And so you see that the, it never rains in Arizona, apparently, but, uh, the father had done digging in the backyard and the father hadn't just killed that one woman that he had caught him with. He had killed many others, just like Danny. And, um, and at the end, Danny says, um, but I lied. I wasn't sorry. Like that was some kind of big surprise. Well, and it's, it's also revealed at this point. So as we're moving through the story, we're hearing about how particular Danny's father is and how abusive Danny's father is. Um, He has, you know, the walk has to be shoveled right away. The leaves have to be raked just right. Um, So calling back to those images. Um, But it's also revealed at this point in Arizona that Danny has killed his father um, in the manner that Danny's father had killed these right. women. Um, it's revealed that Danny has strangled his father and um, buried him in the backyard. Yeah, yeah he said in he the very chair a- where Danny sits. Once he was strong enough, he killed him, just like yeah. the father had killed the woman. Yeah. Yeah, he mentioned waiting until he grew up to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like as if it, the idea was planted when he uh, saw his father killing this woman. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to kill him someday. <laughs> I'll um, be just like you, Dad. I'll grow up to be just <laughs> like you. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. It's a, it's a, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what that song is about. Yeah. <laughs> I would not be surprised if this story was explicitly uh, inspired by uh, Cat, Cat and Cradle. Um, 
but like a horror version of it. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't make that connection, but yeah, that is definitely an aspect of it. Uh, mm-hmm. He even makes us uh, like sideways reference to uh, the sins of the father. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then it just kind of ends with the police show, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's uh, about it. Uh, Kelly, how did uh, how did the story hit you? Um, I thought the audio format was really key to this kind of being successfully creepy. Um, it so the last one we talked about was all in text, um, and I feel like if I had read this story and not listened to it, I would not have been as frightened. <laughs> So I am a really anxious person and I'm kind of scared of everything to begin with, <laughs> but, um, the, the audio format was really, really well done. Um, the voice actors lent a lot to it. Um, even though I did feel like the narrator here was trying, I wrote in my notes here that this narrator is trying way too hard to sound like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah. I didn't catch that. Uh, but it does, it did seem his, that he was putting on an affect. That was yeah. Like, mm- that it was not his natural speaking voice. Yeah, so that stuck out to I me. I think he was Canadian. <laughs> not that that oh, matters yeah, any, but like I just pointed out to me whenever they said sorry, it was sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> You'll, be, You'll sorry, be sorry, Danny. But I actually I hadn't noticed that either. I think he did a good job. I think that he did a good job. I think the sound effects were good. Um, it, it all led for a creepy atmosphere. There are some things about the story itself, uh, little touches that I felt were a little like, like you said, the the af- um, well, I guess the affect in the voice is his performance, but like the just certain things that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I thought he was, he was, I guess he is a creep. He is a creepy guy. He is a jerk. He is a serial killer, for God's sakes. But something about it rang untrue to me. I don't know. Yeah, there were a couple of details um, that stuck out to me. In the first part, he uses um, the cliche of the funhouse mirror. Yes. Where um, it sounded like me, but reflected back wrongly. And I thought so much of this writing is so great. This, this author can do so much better than that kind of tired funhouse mirror cliche. Um, I also wished that, and they resolved this a little bit that Danny and dad has Danny and his dad had been drinking together a lot since they were younger. Um, but I wish there were kind of, I wish that the drinking had played more of a role in the story um, than to provide an element of I don't know if I can trust my senses or not. Um, oh, it kind absolutely. of felt like the only re- it kind of felt like the only reason Danny was getting drunk was so that we, the reader, have the sense that Danny can't trust his senses. And I just wish it would have gone somewhere more than yes. that. Yeah, I um, I as as soon as he was it mentioned he was drinking in the second story, I was like, um, oh, the whiskey's haunted. <laughs> uh, that was legitimately my the- my hope and theory for it was that the whiskey uh, was in some way poisoned or haunted, and he was um, either imagining all of it or uh, the whiskey was causing this stuff to happen. So there um, is no explanation. This is just in his head, right? Yeah, I get. I guess there's no explanation for it. I guess it's because we don't have anyone else to confirm that these handprints are even there. Yes, right, right, right. It, I um, I definitely like what Kelly said. I think that if it had played more on 
you know, am I just drunk? Am I, you know, and is this just in my head? And they don't really even talk about that. Like one of the things that was weird to me was in the second, um, the second part, he goes to New Orleans and he hears a knock on his door and he automatically knows it's, it's the ghost or whatever. You know, yeah. it's just like, okay, could I, be just could be just a, somebody at your door, dude. <laughs> yeah, I thought um, the second or third time that it was just going to be like a person and that he was being really rude. But uh, <laughs> no, they, uh, uh, the author did oh, not you're switch in for that a up treat. at all. Yeah. Um, so this story uh, was read and produced uh, with original music all by Jeff Clement who runs Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Uh, I probably should reach out to him and um, see if he wants to guest star on this show. Um, but anyway, the uh, performances in the final part uh, also included uh, Nicole Doolin, Erica Sanderson, Jessica McAvoy, and Corinne Sanders. I just wanted to get that in there. Although, I guess most of those uh, four were crowd noises, and only one of them was like the featured... Uh, woman. Um, I'm also making a big assumption that the version on the season 7 premiere of the No Sleep podcast is the same version on the YouTube channel. Um, that is probably the case, right? Uh, there was like an actual woman's voice at the end part? Yes. Yes. Okay, yeah, so it's the same one. Uh, weirdly, the YouTube description does not credit other voice actors, uh, which I thought was a little strange. Uh, a strange oversight. Um, anyway, uh, let's get into our... No, actually, uh, Dan, what did you think of the story? I forgot to forgot to get sure. your impressions besides throughout the, uh, throughout the, what's it called, mm, synopsis. Mm, words escape me today. <laughs> um, I <laughs> thought that it was a little, I thought that it set up a creepy atmosphere. I like, um... I, I like it in general, but I feel like it didn't, it didn't, it w- didn't have a uh, great resolution for me. And um, uh, but otherwise, I felt like it was, you know, enjoyable. It was, it, was, it definitely uh, creeped me out a bit. That's uh, yeah. It's I was, I, I don't know. I am not usually scared by text stories. Yeah. Uh, audio is. Audio can be more frightening, but it's usually less when it's being read and more like uh, spooky sound effects and stuff. Yeah. Um, like the definitely. Like the the first episode of Limetown, which is like a spooky miniseries, uh, has a scene that's like legitimately frightening in it. But I don't think that's ever happened to me with another horror podcast. Um, though to be fair, I don't listen to too many because. Uh, I don't know. I don't really need to listen to the No Sleep podcast all the time unless I'm covering one of the stories for this show. Um, So, can I ask you a question? They do a a beautiful job on the production of the show. It's just, um, it's a lot to constantly be consuming No Sleep stories uh, and I I just can't bring myself to do it. Uh, You need to sleep. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Compared to others. I want a lot of big big sleep stories. Go on. (laughs) <laughs> Compared to other ones I'll that sleep. you've heard, how would you rate the the acting and the um the the production of this? Oh, it's definitely one of the best ones I've heard. Wow, um, there's there's usually not that much production and music that go into the no sleep stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
their performers are, are are all fine. They do a good job. Uh, some are better than others, but I don't particularly know any of them by name. And, yeah. Uh, I feel like it would be a little unkind to try and rank them. Sure. Um, but yeah, they uh they do fine work, uh, especially because some of the source material is in ideal. Yeah. Uh, it's like <laughs> it's not their fault. Like, yeah. No, no sleep stories are like it's. They're the sort of like dollar store horror movie of uh, online stories. Yes. In that there's a lot of them, and it's fun to consume them, but they're not generally um, highly original or like extremely well made. There's exceptions, of course. Um, uh, I think this one is better than a lot, but then again, this was not posted on No Sleep. Uh, it was just. I guess, uh, republished on their podcast. It seems to exist in audio-only format. Um, but, like, it's... Uh, it's weird to do this show, because a lot of the stories we cover are not very good. Um, <laughs> but, like, we occasionally get something like Danny's story, or even the one last week by uh, Alex Hetherington, um, the long face, um, where there's some pretty good ideas, but the main flaw is that this was a story written quickly and for fun. Um, and that's fine. I don't need these stories to be rigorously edited or anything. But stories are going to have flaws naturally if you're not doing uh, a lot of editing to them, if you're not doing multiple passes, if you're not going back and Absolutely. Adding, adding in more detail where you didn't previously write in detail, if you're not, yeah. if you're not having someone read through it and give you feedback, if you're like, it's absolutely, I have no problem with people writing stories for fun, but I also am trying to approach it as someone who wants to apply legitimate literary and cultural criticism to the stories, so I can't really ignore that some of them suck. Uh, and that most, and of there the, were... most of the reason they suck is just because the authors didn't want to spend more time on them. Yeah, there were... I thought this, this writing was fantastic overall. I thought the story was really great. Um, but there were a couple of moments where you know, just little cliches or little moments kind of took me out of it. So yeah. um, the thing about the feet really stuck out to me. If you've already strangled this person to death, <laughs> why cut off their feet? Um, well, he, or, he did keep some of them alive. They did mention that. Oh, okay. Um, and so another thing is that, you know, there's a flash flood here in the desert. In 15 years, there's never been a flash flood at this place before. Um or the, you know, like I said earlier, the funhouse mirror cliche, yeah. just little right. moments that yeah. that would probably be given another pass if this were something that were, you know, edited or that were being submitted for publication or something like that. But overall, I really thought this was fantastic for a, you know, just for fun internet story. Yeah, and that's sort of the metric I end up judging most of them on is like, uh, is this a good first draft story or second draft story? And I think I agree with you that this is. Um, but yeah, it's definitely hard to try and 
Uh, I feel like our best episodes are the ones uh, about stories that are a little more considered or professional, like Candle Cove or um, The Enigma of Amigara Fault um, or the ones that we've done about movies. Um, because those are... Uh, the Enigma of Amigara Fault is a, a comic short story by one of the best... Um, horror manga artists in the world, um, and, like, movies take time and have, like, a whole team of people making them. Right. Um, is this, this is just something that someone in their 20s farted out in their spare time for fun. So it's, like, it's... it's pretty good fart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's, it's hard to judge it next to something that is more considered, but I also think that, uh, this was, uh, more carefully constructed piece of art than our episode from two weeks ago, the Netflix-produced Netflix, book. Netflix, uh, God, words. The Netflix-produced Death Note movie, <laughs> which was, um, I don't know, I enjoyed it, but it had a lot of structural problems that mm -hmm. uh, shouldn't it shouldn't have had. Um, whereas this one, it hangs together. This story, like, it works. There's problems, but the story itself pretty much has no holes in it where you're like, ah, that kind of takes me out of it. It's like, it. it's mostly pretty good. Would, wouldn't Definitely. it have been, a, I don't know, for me, like, I would have preferred the ending, and I'm with you guys 100%. I think that, you know, it, it really did its job well, but, like, I was thinking of the ending, and um, the corpse had told him to look outside, and, he, and then he saw all the bodies. Um, for me, just personally, I feel that like that reveal was not, um, it, it, it could have been, it could have been bigger. It could have been better. Like, um, it could, that could have been a moment where he felt like he was free from this, from these, uh, this torment. And like he, the, the cops come and suddenly that none of this is, none of them are there anymore. And then, then the, they're, they look outside with the cops and then they see all the bodies. There's something like that. I don't know. For me, that, that, that was another, yeah, it was oh, sorry. A, sort of a low impact, uh, climax. Yeah. I agree. Another sticking point for me that really made me go, dude, you can do better than this was the, um, was the moment when Danny is kind of descending into laughter as the cops are yep, arriving. Yep. He just starts mm -hmm. laughing. I'm like, dude, that's such an old cliche. And you've done so much great writing here and you can do a lot better than that. Yeah, we should have. Yeah. He, he, we never felt we, he wasn't, he, was he afraid? Was he, was he upset? Like we just, he just was just going crazy basically just to go crazy. And it was, it was a wasted moment. I agree. Yeah, there are, so with the drinking and the laughing, like, there's a lot, um, there are better ways to establish that we have an unreliable narrator yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I don't particularly care for just, like, this style of story, which, um, I don't know, it's not the author's fault, um, but I am just not a fan of, oh, the main character is secretly the villain of the story. It, it kind of falls flat for me, but uh, I don't know. It's a fine version of that. So, well, I'm sure after you've read enough of these, you kind of, like you said, saw it coming, like very, very. Yeah, early. I, as as soon as he mentioned the 
basement. I'm like, nah, he's a serial killer. Yeah. Uh, he probably killed his dad. But yeah. Uh, yeah. It is a common enough trope, I would say, in creepypastas where the main character is secretly uh, the villain. It's uh, not as prevalent as you would think. Um, and I think for the most part, uh, people manage to avoid falling into that, especially with it, uh, with a lot of these stories being published on No Sleep, where you don't necessarily want um, to be posting as a character who's a bad person, where one of the rules on the board is you have to pretend the stories are all real. Yeah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. It would be a little bit fiction-breaking if this was happening more often on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it turned out <laughs> I was the killer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, so... <laughs> Dan, what's your spookiest part of this one? Um, I, I I think I'd mentioned it, but the the leaves. I think that the 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 I, the imagery and the idea, and uh, I'm in New England, and we're we're getting to that part of the the year, and uh, those cru- those crunchy leaves being in your mouth is is something that would freak me the hell out. Uh, Kelly, how about you? Your spookiest part. Um, same. My greatest fear, probably above all other fears, is that someone gets in my house somehow, and I don't know it. Um, and so, and I, I'm somewhat, do you ever have that nightmare where, like, you're in your house and there are people outside and you're, you're not afraid of them harming you, but the fear is just that they know you're in there? Do you know what I'm, do you know what I'm talking about? You just. I don't know. Near, nearly every one of my nightmares is that I end up suffering the plot of Billy Madison and I have to go back to high school because <laughs> there was a paperwork error. Um, oh, that is my, as a middle school teacher, that is my living nightmare every <laughs> single day. Um, but yeah, I have this nightmare all the time where I'm, there are people outside and I'm not afraid of them. They're not um, foreboding or um, they don't seem like they're going to harm me in any way, but I'm just terrified that people outside know that I am inside. And so that's kind of an ongoing device in this story is that there is someone outside and they know you're in there. And so that really freaked me the hell out just kind of all the way through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I got it. Yeah, because even when he's quiet, it still keeps knocking. because It knows, it knows. it knows he's there. Yeah. For hours, um, for hours, I, I think he said, like four hours later. Across yeah. locations, yeah. 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 Uh, I think the spookiest part for me is probably um, some aspects of the audio production, Uh, especially in the first part. Before we fully know the monster, there's a part where it's just babbling and the narrator describes it as um, sounding like it's um, like an aphasia after a stroke. Yes, it sounds like his father, uh, after he had struggled to to speak after having a stroke um like he recognized that the patterns of language and speech but um it was also clear that the uh rambling and mumbling was not in any language i Uh, thought that was a fantastic detail in the writing that he said you know even when you hear someone speaking another language you can recognize by the cadence and by you know by the sound of the voice that it is another language but this wasn't yeah, like absolutely. that. But that was a great detail. That was a great moment. Yep. That was uh that was the spookiest part to me. Um 
Which I guess means the story sort of peaked early, which um I don't know. Take it or leave it. Uh your your mileage may vary, I guess is the, the right thing to say there. But um yeah, that uh the sound of the murmuring too that uh that Jeff Clement produced here I, I enjoyed. Um Anyway, uh, right before we get into plugs, I just want to plug the people who brought us this story. MJ Pack, you can find on Thought Catalog at thoughtcatalog.com slash m-j-pack. That's Pack, P-A-C-K. Um, and uh, she's got a bunch of articles on here, some spooky stories. Um, she's got some books available. A short story collection about uh, called Ravenous, Small Stories with Big Appetites, uh, Highville State Asylum, which seems to be a uh, fictional diary of someone staying in an asylum. Yeah, this, uh, this is a popular enough horror author, and I think this story is indicative, of, indicative enough of good quality that um, you should go check out her stuff. Um, you can also find more from Jeff Clement at uh, oralstimulation.net, which oral, like A-U-R-A-L. I think that we should all agree that that is just pronounced aural, um, <laughs> because then we'll never, in, there's no regional accent where, um, where, uh, they would be pronounced the same at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Instead of being pronounced the same in pretty much all regional accents, like they are now. Agreed. Um, but that is Jeff Clement's website. You can also go to, um, what is the name? The name of the YouTube channel is Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Uh, it doesn't seem to have a custom URL, so just type into YouTube Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and you'll find this YouTube channel um, where you can listen to Danny's story, which will be linked in the description of the podcast anyway. Uh, that's Danny, Danny, <laughs> Danny. Yep, that's all for uh, the people who brought us the story. Now, the people who um, tore it apart and took a big dump all over. Uh, <laughs> Hooray! Uh, Dan, where can the people find you, if you would like? Please listen to my podcast, Blockbuster Dropouts. It's a, we have po a pop culture podcast I do with my brother, and um, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Blockbuster Drop, and uh, we have a group on Facebook. And uh, you can also follow my Twitter. It's uh, Dan Costa Forty at Dan Costa Forty. Kelly, how about you? Um, so as I said, I'm a teacher. You can see my thoughts on teacher things on Twitter at Miss Arl Middle M S A R L Middle. Hey, and of course you can always reach me in the same places. J3FK on Twitter. Uh, I'm locked right now, but request to follow, and if your account doesn't seem like you're some kind of creep or uh, right-wing troll <laughs> of some kind, I'll, I'll let you follow Or me. a dead woman with no feet. <laughs> yeah, if you're yeah, a dead watch woman out. with no feet, you're not allowed to follow me. Uh, no, I don't think Dead I women to... with no feet, not welcome. Oh, I don't Jeffy. think I have to worry about that. I, I've never murdered anybody. Um... As far as I know, I'm pretty sure I Not even your dad? I'm pretty sure I haven't murdered anybody. Okay. No, uh, it's last time I checked, he's uh, doing just fine. Phew. Uh, alive, not murdered. Um, anyway, that was Twitter. Uh, JeffJK on Instagram, if you want to see pictures of my cat and the foods I eat. <laughs> um, what else do I have? I always forget. Patreon.com slash JeffJK, where you can get two bonus audio treats. And a written piece. I didn't mention last week that I do written work on there. 
Um, that is the hard part, is trying to keep up with that. But I do. I haven't missed a month yet. Um, that's all for now. Oh, join the Facebook group, Creepypasta Fan Group. You can talk about this story, other stories. Uh, it's getting to be spooky times. I'm sure people are going to want recommendations for horror movies. Um, or you just start a thread about, uh, what are the recent horror movies? It. Oh, yeah. Um, I think Mother, Does Mother is count? supposed to yeah. be. Yeah, uh, probably spooky. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, no spoilers. No. Nope. Um, we're getting into, oh, did, um, did, uh, what is that? The, there's like a wishing box movie, Be Careful What You Wish For Something, or something. like that, yeah. Um, I don't know if that one's out yet or if it's coming soon. Uh, Annabelle Creation, I think, is still in theaters. There's all kinds of movies to go see if you want to talk about them. Um, I'll probably repost my Halloween marathon from last year where I watched 31 horror movies that I had never seen in the month of October. Um, one, one for each day. Uh, yeah, it was really tough. Sometimes I had to watch two or three in a day just to make up for yeah. time or get ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, like, spent my Sunday just uh, watching a bunch of very stressful movies. So to say, on on behalf of your friends with anxiety, please warn them if the scary movie you're about to watch is actually going to be scary. Yeah, Uh, I had a very disturbing incident a couple of years ago where um, our spooky, silly movie night turned into a night where my friends tricked me into watching The Babadook. That movie is pretty silly, though. (laughs) I disagree. Oh, see, I. That uh, that one is um, as far as the ones recent years, I put that firmly in the category of the artsy fartsy horror movies, uh, alongside like It Follows and It Comes at Night. Um, but yeah, I can see uh how a bunch of crying, screaming people uh in blinking lights um in a high tension situation could be a problem. Yeah, when you're used to watching things like People Under the Stairs <laughs> and <laughs> Night of the Creeps, and then you go right into the Babadook, please think of your anxious friends uh, we this, had, we had, this holiday season. <laughs> we had one a few years ago with a similarly anxious friend over, um, and the movie, <clears throat> the movie we put on was... Um, Evil Dead, the 2013 remake. Um, oh boy. Which I think is the most uh, realistically gruesome movie I've ever seen in my life. Um, they did a lot of the um, like horrible, disfiguring violence with uh, practical effects um, and modern practical effects with a reasonably high budget are way more believable than what Sam Raimi was working with in 1982. So... Correct. Um, it was. Uh, I love that movie, and I don't know if I'll ever be able to watch it again in my life because it's also <laughs> extremely upsetting to look at. Um, I think another. I think we also watched The Thing, which, if you have any kind of problem with tension in a movie, that is probably the tensest movie. That's like it's easily one of the more tense movie experiences I've ever had because I had never seen it and had been spoiled for it. So I had no idea what was going down. The only thing I knew was that the dog in the beginning is a monster. And beyond that, I didn't know like which of the people are monsters or when the monsters pop off or anything. Um, so if you haven't seen that movie and you don't know anything about it except for what I just told you, uh, go give it a rent and spook yourself. Or like, don't if you're uh, more of Kelly's persuasion. 
if you like talking about scary things but do not actually like being scared. It's me. That's me. <laughs> it me. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't have any text in front of me from this story. Uh, Danny, you'll be sorry. I guess that's a good as that's good as any. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.